Most people think actors are all about themselves, but usually actors are full of self-doubt. At least I think so. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. One of the things that I do through my nonprofit called Arts Entertainment Council, um, we're 501c3, we help people learn how to work in the business of television and film. I don't do anything in stage acting or theater or things like that because I don't really have any experience. I do have a ton of experience, if not that big giant of an experience, like I'm not a Kevin Costner for crying out loud. I do have a lot of experience in acting and working with actors. And when you're writing, you almost have to be an actor to be able to write in the voice of the person, at least internally. If you're a new actor, if you're someone who's just now started to to delve into acting, whether you're 14, 12, or 34, or 60, the same thing will be true for every one of you. And that's what Marcus DeGold says, and I completely agree with him, and it's that your emotional armor gets in the way. When you have something in your psyche that prevents you from understanding yourself or prevents you from understanding the character that you're doing, that's generally an armor that you've put on because it's somewhere that you don't want to go as an actor or as a human being. Actors generally have to, I know it's true for me, I have to go in and find the things that hurt and figure out why they hurt, how to figure them out, and how to live with the hurt. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense to you. When you begin to live with the hurt, then you can pull that emotion up, you can pull that experience up and then transplant it onto the lines of the page. As an actor, that's one of the things that I do naturally because I had to. It's a self-defense mechanism I learned as a kid uh, and a teenager and a young adult to be able to deal with these problems that I perceived I had, which honestly, in hindsight, I had none of them, but yet that's what teenagers do. They cry and scream over everything. Anyhow, it is one of the biggest things that actors, to be a good actor, has to deal with, and that's to find the character on the page and put yourself in their shoes. Understand what's going on inside that person. If that character doesn't deal with it in a correct way, which seems correct to you, you have to figure out why that character decided it was a good idea to do that. And figuring out why the character decided this was a good idea is going to help you as an actor understand why it's a good idea. And guess what? It's not going to fall flat. You're going to come out really, really good. Doing this also helps you not push the character. Uh, Stanislavski, can't ever say it, Stanislavski? Yeah, that guy, he's a Russian acting theorist, and and I agree with a lot of what he says. You get it, You ought to read his book. It's it, You can get it at the Fable Public Library or any library. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be there. If not, Amazon's got it, Stanislavski. I'll put an Amazon link below in the uh, in the description of the podcast. Stanislavski says that the best way to do it is to pursue goals. And that is true. Pursue the goal, not the emotion. The emotion will come because of the situation that you're in, especially if you've already done the legwork to understand why they're making the decisions they make. Otherwise, you're just pushing through. You're just, it's, it's, like a, it's like a movie with no story and only plot. Plot tells us we're going A to B to C to D to E, and there's the end. Story is the things that happen to get us there. The strife, the the people involved. You know, does this character feel bad about this? Does the main character and his girlfriend reconcile? That's a story, but it's not the plot. The story should be because of the plot, but plot is also driven by the story. Really, as an actor, you know where you're going in the plot. 
The plot is totally laid out for you in the movie, in the screenplay that you're reading. That plot is already there, so you don't have to figure out where it's going. Now you gotta figure out your goal. You know where it's going, you know what they're trying to do in that particular scene. That's the goal. It's already it's already laid out for you. So focus on the goal and the emotion will come out in the meantime. The good news about it is character is all you really need to worry about because character is what's going to happen. You know, character is developed by the actor. That is your art. When you are an actor, you're focused on making this person real and alive and empathetic and sympathetic to the audience. Now that's not saying all characters are empathetic and sympathetic, but try your best because that's where the art is. If you can figure out how to make somebody that's written poorly into something sympathetic and empathetic, then you're doing a really, really good job with that with that screenplay. Sometimes characters are just flat. Uh, the character I played, Don, in Neapolitan, he was flat because the guy who wrote it saw me as the character and he sees me as a flat person. And I'm okay with that. He's completely wrong, but whatever. He sees me as he sees me as a flat person. So he wrote Don after me. So Don only had a couple of little places here and there where he was emotional and he could, could be sympathetic, empathetic. I tried my best to pull it out and get it done right. And I was still fairly new at acting behind the or in front of the camera instead of behind the camera. I did an okay job, but you know the story wasn't very good. I uh, didn't have a plot. It was just, it was literally all story, no plot. It, it was just a, two cops trying to figure out who killed this guy and four kids who killed a guy because he was yelling and screaming at them and how their paths converge, but never actually cross until the end. And you never see the end. You never see the crossing of the paths. So it was an interesting movie. It was, it's, it's kind of a meandering, pointless thing, but I did my best with it. I tried to, to give Don the voice that I thought he should have. A couple of places you see Don show up in a deeper kind of role. For example, the one that's in my reel. Get the clap. <laughs> you got the clap. <laughs> Christ, will you knock it off already? I was in Vietnam and then I was a cop and now I'm about to die or so the force thinks. So I'm retiring. Everybody's gonna die. And of course, that's Bill. Bill's a great actor. I enjoyed working with him tremendously. I only once forgot my lines one time, and that was during the uh, grocery store scene, and I was so, so angry that I could not remember my lines. It was pissing me off so bad. And it made me so mad because we did like 40 takes and I couldn't get through it. But everything else, I remembered my lines immediately. Just that one day, I think it was the drive that I had uh, to get out there. It was really long and I was nervous because I was nervous. And nerves will kill you just as fast as anything else. And it happens to all of us. Also, as a green actor, actress, uh, you you know, you gotta get familiar with the language uh, of the script. Understand what each word means in that script. If you don't understand it, how can you possibly put an emotion behind it? So if you have to get out a thesaurus and a dictionary and go ask the director, says, what exactly does this mean? Do it. Don't think it's presumptuous to do that. It's not. It's you trying to be better at what you do. If the director is unavailable or won't make themselves available, ask the other actors. They know. There's people out there. They, they've been doing, like Bill had been doing acting. He's an actor for years. 
If I had a problem, I asked Bill. Bill gave me a little bit of direction and it helped. And one of the bigger things about acting too is your voice, your vocal range. Try to just record yourself doing something and then look at it objectively if you can. Not everybody can look at their look at themselves. Try to watch it objectively if you can and see if your voice corresponds to exactly what the emotion is coming across there. We have a huge vocal range and our main tool is speech. So we gotta know how to do it. We gotta, what Shakespeare said, speak the speech trippingly over the tongue or trippingly on the tongue, is that what he said? Yeah, speak the speech trippingly on the tongue. Interesting, interesting thought. Definitely, definitely get those words down, understand the meanings and they've got to flow. If you find yourself pausing in an inappropriate place, then maybe that's not the best, maybe you've got it wrong. And you know, we see this, if you watch major TV these days, you hear it all the time, they'll pause and you're like, why, why was that pause there? And you move on, you don't care, it's, it's just a, an error. But it was an error and it threw you out long enough to hear the pause. Well, that's an inappropriately timed pause. Hmm, you're out of the story and that's bad. You don't want that. You wanna make sure you get it absolutely correct. Table reads, rehearsals. If you're in a production that doesn't have a table read scheduled, that doesn't have a, a, a rehearsal scheduled, get with the other actors and see if they're interested and, and get together with them and at least run through it a couple of times. Practice at it, practice. Get in there and get it done. I insist on table reads uh, for any of my stuff and a lot of times the actors won't do it. They're like, oh, I'm too good of an actor for that. Well, guess what? You're not. All actors do table reads. If you can, you can go online and see Patrick Stewart, one of the better actors of our age, he is on there doing table reads. I mean, it's there. He does it. There, you, you don't miss them unless you just have to. If you have another, you know, got a job or something like that, sure, fine. But if you're avail if you're available and they're having a table read, do it. Make sure you understand the character's interactions are gonna be. You hear the other person talking. It'll make it so much easier the day of the shoot. Plus, the director can give you correction without having to do it on a busy set and ramping up the pressure. You'll already know. It's already done. One of the other things that really bothers me as a director uh, and should bother you as an actor is people who don't listen They'll deliver a line, for example, and then stop and wait for the other person to speak and then deliver the next line. Those people aren't listening to the other character. You got to listen to the other character because the other character is going to give you the emotion. They're going to tell you you're going to innately know what emotion you should give back when you're interacting with the other with the other character. You will know what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. Now, if your character's supposed to be inappropriate, like Dawn was my character in Neapolitan, who's supposed to be inappropriate, then I could judge by Bill and what he was giving me how far I should take it to offend Bill. Because I was supposed to, I can't remember Bill's character's name. <laughs> I'm supposed to offend the other character. So if whatever he's given me, I'm just doubling down on whatever's, whatever's going to hack him off and give it back to him. And that's exactly why I did what I did, because that was Don. Don lived to make the other character wince. <laughs> because he winced, that made the scene. Well, not that scene, but whatever, right? Because <laughs> poorly, poorly written script is a poorly written script. Uh, we, we, you know, we tried to ad lib a little bit. I changed a bunch of my lines. 
in in that, but only after like the first three or four days of shooting because I wasn't sure if Todd, the director, was going to let me. I didn't know how he was going to react to it. And once I figured out that he wasn't going to react poorly to it, then I was able to just really pounce on those lines and, and just do what I wanted to. And that, again, goes back to a table read. At a table read, I could figure out ahead of time instead of during shooting that it's okay for me to ad lib. It's okay for me to horse around with it. It's okay and Todd's going to tolerate it and probably think it's better. And he did think it was better. But we didn't get but one table read because no one else wanted to do it. So I had to learn as I went. That's what table reads are so good for stuff like that. You won't believe the kind of gold you can get out of a good table read, a good practice. I really want to revisit my first point though. To be a good actor, you have to open yourself up to the emotions you don't want to experience. Sometimes even you have to be on screen someone that you abhor. I hated Don. Don was a terrible person. He was a complete moron and a dummy, uh, even though he was based on me as a person. But that's just how Todd sees me as a moron and a dummy, I guess. Mm. But I have, I had to open myself up to being an asshole, to being a total jerk that cares nothing about anything and really just wants, you know, let's just go. I don't care about being here. That's done. He's working a murder case, and he's like, you know what? Is the Shrimp Shack selling some shooters? Really? Let's go there instead. That's Don. That's what Don did. That's not what Paul would do. Paul would be all serious and be like, hmm, we gotta find out who killed this guy. Because that's how I take, you know, for me, that's an important thing. I want to find out who killed him. But for Don, it wasn't, he didn't care. It was a homeless guy in the movie that got killed, and Don didn't care. He's a homeless guy. He got killed. You know? We don't even know who he is. You know, we get, we get his name, but that's about it. And the homeless guy wasn't a homeless guy. It was Jason Sewell. And he didn't look like a homeless guy at all. If you look up Jason Sewell, he's a local uh, entertainer. It's like, really? Why Why is he playing a homeless guy? I don't know. I didn't cast it. I didn't do anything on it other than save the project technically when it died uh, and act in it. And that's all I did. But I opened myself up to the possibility of Don being someone who I hated who I wouldn't want to be around, who I disliked. I, I really wanted to form, there was a lady playing my wife and I wanted to to form a, a bond that was better than just two actors on screen, but she didn't understand that, Todd didn't get it. And I, I you know, I wanted, I, I, I knew, I knew and I know now still that getting to know my wife in the movie is going to help her become my wife in the movie and me react to her and because Don is so out there my character was so out there that how could she read you know how would she put up with this guy's antics his craziness and why is she like this rounded square person who's got her foot firmly on the ground married to this guy who's just absolute just lunatic and that was the relationship that was never explored in the screenplay, which, which should have been because it would it would have made the that scene make more sense. Uh, it was more about plot that scene than it was story. But there's so much story in there that was just 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 skipped right over. But we could have, as actors, given the story if we would have had a chance to go over the scenes, 
work it through and figure out how would she react to me and how would I react to her? Would I walk in, oh, all of a sudden I'm no longer an alpha male, I'm a big guy, I'm gonna do everything she says. You know, is that what we should do? I don't know, because we never got there. So it's flat, you don't believe that we're married, you don't believe that there's, you don't believe that there's any connection at all between the two characters. And she really just gave me her lines and that was it. It wasn't really anything interesting at all whatsoever. It, you could actually delete that entire scene uh, out of the movie. And the only thing you'd be missing is the reason why Don has to go to the store to get diapers. But my job as an actor and her job as an actor and Bill's job as an actor was to make that scene mean something. Therefore, I need to read what's going on, find out what's happening, and bond with my co-stars, co-stars, to be able to get it done right. And that's where a table read would have been good. Uh, Just a little bit of uh, up uh, ahead of the, the, the curve thing, because she wasn't a professional actor, and if she was, she should have known better. I was only a semi-professional actor. Uh, you contrast that with the clip that's with uh, sitting with another uh, actress who is playing a parole officer. She's, she's an actress, and she understood me. We already knew each other, so that also helped. I'd never met the woman who played my wife before. Uh, so we had like a little bond, and she was trying to keep that bond going, and because she's sitting there smoking weed, being a parole officer and we're cops on the job, I'm supposed to be going, you know, no, no, thank you. And I, I'm trying to separate myself from her, right? But see, there could have been more story there if I would have been able to get a hold of Jules. We could have sat down and worked it out to where I actually was there before and have a relationship with her outside of work that involves the drugs. And the scene would have been better because the actors would have had the sub story to go on. And the sub story is where the vulnerabilities are. And you really need to watch and make sure that you can be comfortable with those vulnerabilities. Once you learn to let your guard down, do a little bit of emotional introspection as a person so you can feel those emotions, especially the ones that you're afraid of. I guarantee you, your acting will be better and people will be totally amazed by it. Mm-hmm.